But in any case, and it's certainly if we're playing just by the rules of having connective tissue from one movie to the other, there is plenty of that okay, in good. my pick. But good. Um, actual tissue, like, like yeah, exactly. Yeah, like like flesh. Yeah. <laughs> it depends. I'm gonna go with yeah. All right, okay. good. good. <laughs> I, think, I think it works. Good. Okay. Okay. Um, and with that in mind, it is Friday, October the 21st. I turned on the weekday thing, so now I know what day it is Sweet. on my laptop. I don't know who's responsible for that. Uh, 4.30 p.m.? I probably shouldn't actually say that it's 4.30 p.m. because I should be at work. Uh, but regardless, <laughs> this is the Machination Log. <laughs> this is MCR 27, I believe. God, we are creaming through these movies. We are, we're working hard, by the way. <laughs> we're making no. it. It yeah. may also be 28, because I remember being wrong about that last time. So this may be the 28th, in which case, hello, everybody, <laughs> and welcome to yet another episode of the movie crew. Um, Horror-tober, autumn-tober, we, uh, we got the 10th month of the year, which, of course, as we all know from Roman, octo, meaning 10. Um, thanks a lot, Christianity, uh, for... Ruining that for everybody. Have you etymology? All kinds of tidbits in this opening part of the Look, podcast. This is nothing if not content. All right, that's uh, that's okay. our promise to you: is that this will contain information. Yes, of varying sensitivities and degrees. Absolutely. Oh yeah, yes, and yes. quality, no doubt. <laughs> Nicole, yes, you picked a movie for Horrortober or whatever we're going to call it. We didn't actually call this anything. <laughs> all right, fuck it. Let's cut to the chase. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Woo! Nicole. <laughs> 1974, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's what got our slasher uh, film genre kicked off here. And uh -huh. it's an excellent, excellent indie film by Toby Hooper, who was an alcoholic and never did anything else to this caliber. Mm -hmm. um, That's a popular theme. Yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, so I had not seen this movie since I was about 20. I had remembered exactly two scenes from it. Uh, Rewatching it, I will say it covered all the horror movie bases for me. Like I jumped, mm -hmm. I you know gripped Lou's hand. <laughs> I was like, ah, ah. you know, it it was exciting, it was scary, it was terrible. It got I got all the bases. So yeah. you know, I was I was pretty happy about that because, like I said, I didn't remember a lot of this movie, but it did not let me down. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> I don't know how we want to approach this because doing a play-by-play -play of a horror movie seems a little strange. I agree. Um, you know, just in case you have not seen it, you know, please go watch it. If you have Amazon Prime, it is free with your Prime membership currently. Yes, yeah, make sure it is the the old, the original. Yes, you want the Texas 1974. It's the 40th. Anniversary edition. Yes. Not one of the six remakes of the yeah, thing. Since. Or reboots. There's remakes and reboots. I, and I, I forget where I heard the, or, the original idea from that remakes, and I totally agree with it. Everybody remakes good movies. That's not what you should re You should remake bad movies with good premises that just didn't pay out. Um, that does make more sense to like me. Like, that's, that's absolutely, like, they keep trying to make new, like, they made a new RoboCop movie. And a new Judge Dredd. I'm not defending Judge Dredd as being a good movie in its original form, but you either agree that it is a <laughs> it's a great movie of its era, or that it sucked in such a way that it was un irredeemable regardless. Um, no, yeah, but it's just like probably the latter. It's the the way that this like nostalgia mining is going on. I don't know what you would do to this movie in particular to the Texas Chainsaw. Like half of what makes it as good as it is 
is that it's shot on a bogus camera mm-hmm. with oh, yeah. like one set that they and it cost yeah. them three hundred grand yeah, to make six, the whole thing. This is on this is this entire movie was shot in sixteen millimeter in shitty light, and yes. it looks great. Yes. <laughs> it 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 it's got a feel to it, and it looks great. Remember when you had talked about like you know indie movies before? Yeah. And no, like, this is this is an indie movie yes. extraordinaire. It, uh, it falls well within the premise of a quality indie film. And it seemed that, you know, we I talked about we talked about this idea that, you know, it's got this like fuck it, let's make a movie quality yeah. to it. Like this movie has a fuck it, let's make a movie quality to it that I think is 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 fun. Um but also too that the I think the step up from where this movie kind of takes horror slasher genre is that it is it is an escalation, if you will, right? And the kind of violence that we're that we're seeing with here. Uh, so this is, I mean, once again, we got to kind of establish maybe it's historical well, context. Cause this is pre pre alien pre Halloween, the slasher yep. film with Michael, Michael Myers. Yep. This is before nightmare on Elm street and the J and the Friday, the 13th Jason movies. So this all kind of comes before everything, everything before those ones you've already heard before. Yeah. Everything before Texas chainsaw massacre. And I consulted with my horror expert on this. Excellent. Everything before Texas chainsaw massacre was straight up an exploitation film, which meant that there was lots of violence, very little story. And, and as opposed to that, fuck it, let's make a movie. It's more of a fuck it. I need to make some money. So there's not the same sort of passion behind it. This movie had a little passion behind it, had a little storyline behind it, and it, it it put together a beautiful product. There, there's also the, the cruelty and the chaos, especially mm-hmm. of the end of this movie, which I will, I will put out my opinion of it now in general. I still didn't like this film overall, but mm-hmm. I, I knew that because having peripherally seen horror films, I'm just, I'm not a fan of the genre. Right. But the, the part of the movie that is easily the most effective is is a bit that I can't imagine shows up in much much exploitative film is the parts where it feels like there's no rhyme or reason to the violence where it's actual and and not just in the sense of like setting up because these aren't even necessarily the most violent scenes no, there's is- there are scenes where there's just the family the the cruel family sitting down and basically having a meal and torturing the girl but that those scenes aren't even necessarily like visually well, the most striking in the movie right yeah uh this movie by horror people this movie is not considered to be gory like this is it's not. this is mm-hmm. very in terms of like a slasher gore fest, this is considered to be very tame, uh, you know, on the horror meter. Well, they don't actually. even, I mean, as far as special effects and blood, and that, I mean, there's there's plenty of fake blood on whatever her name, the the one survivor mm-hmm. in the uh, list. That would be Sally. Yes. It, on Sa- There's plenty of blood on her by the end of the movie, but as far as actually like showing the violence... Relatively no, muted. No, it's, it's pretty quick. And and actually, that all falls falls into it. Because there's kind of, there's two paces. So, I you know, I don't want to necessarily go line by line through this movie. But there's two kind of distinct paces in this. Like, the first one, we have our classic slasher thing, you know, where, uh, you know, people are kind of getting bumped off because they're going off where they shouldn't. And then at about an hour, well, it's about 55 minutes in because this movie only clocks about an hour, 26 minutes in total. Somewhere so the there. last half hour, this movie opens up and we just learn about this very creepy family dynamic mm-hmm. uh, behind this fucked up family that is killing these people that are basically going onto their property. Right. Um, and that part of the movie definitely takes a weird twist and it brings like a very 
weird feeling to the movie overall. Right. Like it the movie gets just it gets creepy at that point, but yes. not gory. You know, it's not like the violence escalates, there, but it gets weirder and creepier and more macabre, as the narrator says in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, we could take like this thing in phases. Um, you know, we talked before about how the horror genre tends to have this emphasis on the setup and the setting. Mm -hmm. So maybe we can kind of like just speak generally to these ideas about you know, what is it? What is it about this movie? Like, because I think it's an effective movie, right? Like, I, do I don't too. necessarily mean like, yeah. you don't have to like love this. No, movie. No, I, I. That's exactly yeah. the way I would describe it. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I think it's effective. So, um, just initially to start off with, um, I remember watching this for the first time as well, and I was struck by the beginning of the film, where it is this very odd sounding like charge to a flash on a camera, mm -hmm. and it has this very distinct kind of buzzing sound that like as it charges up and then you flash the picture and you see some these like very quick gruesome images that kind of come out of it and i really enjoyed the beginning of this film as it sets up this world for us and when we kind of go from there we get our classic setup of group of young people traveling to somewhere new and strange yeah they're in the middle of nowhere there. in texas you know, uh, <laughs> off to visit uh, a grave family, site that has yeah. allegedly been robbed. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Um, so the setting is this like semi-pastoral, you know, half, you know, this, 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 you know, very rural type idea. And then we get this like really great kind of classic setup where they go to stop for gas. You know, they might be running out of resources, well, might be trapped wherever yeah. they're at. You know, they pass they pass a slaughterhouse and you get into a big they get into a big discussion about like how the cows are slaughtered that mm -hmm. kind of gets everyone kind of creeped out right from the get-go. Yep. Yeah. Um so they're they're on guard. They pick up a hitchhiker that doesn't seem quite right. Yeah, once again, never not a good case for hit, picking yeah. up hitchhikers made so in this film. You know, like yeah. yeah, we've got all of our little things that kind of kind of foretell that maybe this isn't going to end great for everybody. And there there are different flavors of this, but it's always a function of discomfort from end to end. It's just what kind of discomfort, because the movie, it starts out with essentially the based on a true story mm -hmm. narrative to set up that it's going to be terrible. And then they have what are arguably the goriest scenes of the whole movie are yeah. right up front with the photographs yeah, where it's just loaded. like lingering on that. And then there's like, graphic description of mm -hmm. slaughterhouse behavior and then there's someone who's cutting themselves and then there's just like creepy unsettling like deprecated buildings yep. like it goes yeah. through so many phases and they're all uncomfortable like it's no, never it, relaxing this no, movie is it, never even, relaxing even i mean right at the beginning you know we had a uh we actually did have someone leave the viewing area yes. after about 15 <laughs> minutes they there's enough. They, they did not they, want they had to enough. see anymore. <laughs> um, so it I did, mean, I would have turned it off. It so did I'm do not, a uh, good job front loading. I will give you that. Okay, <laughs> and I got just to just for one one of the little hidden gems in this thing is when they stop at the gas station that doesn't have any gas. Yeah, and there's this interaction between the the driver in the car and the proprietor. Um, he is the old man. Yeah, That's the old his man, name. And yeah, the old man yeah. who's the proprietor of this place. Well, they have like a conversation in which the proprietor walks away and then is drawn back and walks away and is drawn back into the conversation. But what was hilarious is that there is this, like the guy who, you know, the old timey uh, full service gas stations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you pull in, they're supposed to like check your oil, check your tires, wash, wash your windows. So they have this other silent guy who every time the proprietor comes back and comes, oh, leaves the conversation, 
He drags a bucket and brings a rag and like starts washing. Halfway through, he walks away. He throws it down. He goes back again. And when he comes back, he like this Just thing. Just so he looks oh, like he's God. busy as soon as the guy shows so, up. It is such a little funny detail in the in the clip, but uh, and it, a little levity. Oh yeah, well, it's, it's, very, it's like, one of the only examples of that in the whole movie. Yes, it is yeah. the lightest part of that movie. Yeah, <laughs> but um, something I didn't remember, but like I think that will stick with me to a certain extent longer than other parts of the film. Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, um, it sticks out. Yeah, yeah. but it was At, humorous. I mean, it was a neat little detail to kind of like bring you in, and it had a little levity to it, and uh, it was just a little enjoyable uh, little side point there. <laughs> so, and now I, and this is. You know, we we all know in in uh, in our horror movies that you know when the people wander off, that's when they get killed. But we all kind of did a little bit of a libertarian read on this <laughs> while we yes. were watching it because you know, as our teenagers, you know, get stuck without gas because the gas station mysteriously doesn't have any gas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they start wandering off to go find a house, and they find a house. Now it's like it's like one of the characters' family home or something. Yeah. Well, yeah, they find yeah. They, that's where they 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 stop there, and that house is abandoned. I can't imagine that any of them had ever lived there, but for the sake of argument, that was their family <laughs> home. Yeah. But you know, they see a house that is being lived in. You know, a little bit down the way, and well, let's check it out to see if there's any gas there. Couples, couple number one, male female, walk over to this house. The the guy. Just walks in the house when mm-hmm. nobody answers Hello? the door. Hello? 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 And silence is apparently consent okay. in this universe. And yep. now this is this is when we first our first Leatherface reveal. Mm-hmm. But we we all noted while watching this, like Leatherface was within his stand your ground rights. I mean, this guy <laughs> did just walk into his house. Oh, this mm-hmm. this movie is thick with subtexts yes. mm-hmm. that are almost certainly not intentional. In fact, <laughs> in fact, three of our five youths. Mm-hmm. Just walked in to Leatherface's house, mm-hmm. and you know uh, he was kind of within his rights to be really fucking angry and kill them. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, you could get shot in Florida for that, yeah. or less. Yeah, no, this so, th- this movie's an allegory about the Castle Doctrine. Yeah, <laughs> it, it really is. So there's there's some good libertarian read on there. <laughs> Um. <laughs> and and actually, to to the extent that that subtext makes any is coherent even slightly, this a lot of the movie, the way the movie is set up, is designed to reflect the very specific era that this movie was coming out of. Seventy four. Some may be familiar with the uh, Vietnam War. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Nixon, those kind of people, mm-hmm. um, and being lied to. Uh, the the old dichotomy of the difference between radio and television is that you're lied to through your ears and you see the truth through your eyes. Mm-hmm. Is th- this th- this notion that the television is exposing an evil that they've been trying to that like the man has been trying to cover up forever? And this right. this movie's got that running through it <laughs> in a lot of places because you know uh, the. I'm trying to remember where I where I originally heard this idea is the idea that a a southern drawl is a very relaxing thing to hear and a disgusting thing to see. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's a um, and this movie plays on that <laughs> quite a bit because mm-hmm. every I mean everybody's got everybody's got a perfectly lovely voice and a really ugly face in this movie. Oh, they've got ugly faces. And what's now? What's weird? Like we said, you know, this movie kind of. It, the, the the last 30 minutes kind of take a very different turn than the first 30 minutes. So, you know, in our, than our, our, the first hour. So in our first hour, we see, you know, Leatherface, our notorious Leatherface. He is the quote unquote monster of yeah, this franchise. He has a good reveal too. Like, it's his, an excellent yeah, I got, reveal. Oh, I wanna, I wanna, yeah, I want to go into that in just a second. Yeah, but like, no, oh, oh, please do. Okay. I mean, 
Because so, that's kind of where we're at. So, so the first, you know, of the two, the you, the because the, essentially there's five main characters. Yeah. There's two couples and the, uh, the brother the in the invalid. wheelchair. Yeah, the invalid. Yeah. Yes. Um, if we take that tack on what main character means, yeah. yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah the main character. So uh, the victims, the five main victims. Yeah, our five victims. So the first couple, like we, he he approaches the house, right? He he. They find a tooth, correct? The first time they, they like on the they're on the porch and they find this tooth. Yeah, and he hands it to the to his girlfriend and like she freaks out. She walks away and he she goes and sits on the swing in the yard. Yeah, he he goes into the house and it's kind of in. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's kind of neat though because you you see he look around the house. It's seemingly normal in the foyer and the, you know up the stairs. We also I think pointed out that it does it looks have very a, similar to Psycho, yeah, to Psycho the Bates Motel home. Well, yes. and Psycho. Um, as this movie are loosely based on Ed Gein, so there mm-hmm. is a lot of similarity there. Excellent. And very loosely yeah, based. <laughs> They're both loosely based, but yeah. loosely based nonetheless. So he, um, but he goes into the home, and one of the things you see is that to the left of the staircase going up is the uh, is this room, and it is bright red paint in the room, right? Yeah. You see it through the doorways, bright red paint, and then animal skulls on the wall. And you know you you see them, and the the camera work there is very well done, right? You you see the flash, and then it goes to the outside again, and then he goes in, and you, you see the interior shot a little bit longer this time, and you know your eyes drawn to the contrast of what has been you know pastoral, you know uh, greens and, and blue skies, and then you see a red room, and it's the first time you've seen something so vivid in that, and you you know your eyes are drawn to it, and as he approaches this room, you know there's a, there's a great jump. And a rather quick and vicious scene yes. of the first murder in it, and it is once again also rel- very reminiscent of yeah. Psycho. Very bloodless, it seems, but then but, violent. Like, but this like is, you this can tell something's jacked well, up. This, in this is all attack. this is all set up because during their their slaughterhouse talks, they're you know they're discussing. It's like, oh, you just need one good bash to the head, and it puts them down in one shot. Mm-hmm. Well. You know, Leatherface's house is pretty close to the slaughterhouse, and we we will soon realize that most of the family's been involved in the slaughter business for some time. And so, you know, after listening to how they put these cows down, Mm -hmm. the Leatherface reveal is just him basically coming into the shot, and he's enormous. Yes. And just with one bludgeoning blow, puts this guy down like he is a cow. Mm -hmm. And it's startling. Like, it's a a great reveal. Mm -hmm. It's... Shocking without being gory, mm-hmm. but very effective. I, I also want to note a particular detail about it in reference to the the rest of the the kind of dilapid dilapidating is the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Dilapidating pastoral scene is that it's not a normal door. Mm-hmm. It's a sliding door. Yeah, sliding steel. Yes. Which uh, just uh, yeah. which looks so weird <laughs> in the context yeah, of what's yeah. going on. It just it's it was actually disorienting to see that the first time because mm-hmm. it almost looks like a um it it feels almost game show esque mm-hmm. with the, the rapidity yeah. with which the door it just goes shoot yeah. and it's open yeah. and it just goes and closes it again <clears throat> and that's that detail is really important and it it but it like the whole the, the 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 shocking nature in which violence comes into into this world right the quickness and suddenness yeah. of it is it's so it, it once again it's it's crafted well overall right I think in, when we are kind of comparing this to movies that used violence in the past. Right there is there's like a cringeworthiness to the kind of violence that happens, yeah. and that's how this kind of sets up the world when they pick up the hitchhiker, and there's kind of like the, well, the self mutilation. Like yeah, and like, he just cuts himself. Like it doesn't feel. It feels like it comes out of nowhere. Yes. Yeah. 
And that's what's almost kind of frightening, right? That is what would be truly frightening about violence in the world is that... The unpredictability. For, you, you got the Joker. I mean, yeah, it's exactly. the unpredictability <laughs> yes. of where he will strike next because uh, he's doing it for violence' sake. Mm -hmm. I mean, what the guy takes a Polaroid picture. They don't like the picture. They give it back. He gets And pissed. he sets it on fire with gunpowder. Yes. In the car. <laughs> in the car. <laughs> and it's just like the, the nature of the violence is so inappropriate for what's going on around it. It um it it heightens it tremendously. Well, and and I think larger, you know, if we could get, we, if we wanted to get high minded about this thing, there is a sense of, you know, why we are have the kind of innate or, or inherent suspicion of cultures or people that are different than us, right? What they, you know, why people don't and trust these people. What we, as we will learn, are very different. Yes, than <laughs> than very, us. quite different, but quite different. But in a, at a kind of social level, like, right? Like you know, for example, um. You know, in political science or in, social, in sociology, you know, like people, if you ask, if you give them like groups of who they, whether or not they trust or don't trust these mm -hmm. groups, like uh, if you tell, if you say someone atheist, do you trust or not trust an atheist? Atheists are one of the most mistrusted groups in society because people, you know, don't know what they believe, right? They don't, yeah. they don't have some sort of like understanding about what their moral compass would, that they don't understand that. And so in a weird way, when you are engaged with someone who is clearly, and that a has a different kind of code when it comes to like physical pain, violence, and how they react to being slighted. Um, that is off-putting in a like very real sense for us today. Let alone if someone was and had a very extreme view of those things, like the hitchhiker does in the beginning yeah. of this film. And well, as the family we see writ large, who, with Leather, yeah, the hitchhiker. Whom, whom we, we learn who is part of the family. family. He is Leatherface's brother. Yeah. We go on to learn, and we learn that the guy at the gas station is Papa. Is, Papa is, Leatherface is the old man. He's the dad. And there's a whole there's a whole family dichotomy behind this. Yeah, I mean, relating to that, the devil you know, basically being the principal here. Uh, the movie that's coming to mind for comparison is Django Unchained. Mm -hmm. Is not a horror film, mm -hmm. but it's twenty times gorier than this film. Mm -hmm. Yes, and the reason why is because even though a lot of what happens on the screen. It's occasionally cringeworthy, and there's a lot of very effectively artistically shot scenes in another indie film, mm -hmm. to use the term as loosely and commercially as possible. <laughs> um, we, we can expect everything that happens. We understand that slaves get whipped. We understand that in gunfights, people get blood everywhere, especially in a Tarantino film, yeah. but the blood will just gush. It's all known quantities. So what makes Texas Chainsaw Massacre work is that you can't be sure. Mm -hmm. You can't actually know in any given scene what is possible because these people are doing things that don't seem to fit with the environment around them. Yes, and that's and that's jarring. And mm -hmm. you can play with that as a filmmaker. Um, one of the best films I've seen in in the kind of suspense and horror genre has been a movie called Kill List. And that film, the way that it reveals the kind of bizarre logic of the, and the terror that it constructs is the same way. You, in fact, know there's something at play in this film that is divorced from your everyday moral expectations about what violence is, even as it kind of plays around with, because the kill list is about like a, a hitman, mm -hmm. but then the half, second half of the movie, it is its own it gets entity. Weird. Yeah, it's its own yeah. entity. It's yeah, like it gets, this. Yeah, like it gets this, weird. Yeah, yeah it, and, like this, this movie gets fucking weird. Yes, and you, <laughs> and you are unaware of the kind of value system that's at play here, yeah. right? Like normally we, we're expected to be told, 
you know, through the film or someone's supposed to walk you through what's going on here. Like, why are they doing what they're doing? But the problem is, is that if you were actually in a situation where someone was torturing you, like you're being tortured, like, you know, like you are going through this experience without the benefit of knowing why or what might be happening to you or for what reason. And, you know, that in and of itself is terrifying because you don't know when or why or how it would stop or continue or what yeah. might come yeah. next. And that, that, the unknown, like all good things, is what is perhaps more terrifying than knowing. Yeah. And, and that's what this plays on as well. It's, it's aggressively unexplained in this movie. Yes. And mm -hmm. and so so is in Kill List as well. Very okay. good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, as we kind of roll through this, though, um, so, once again, the reveal is very good. Yeah. Um, and I just want to yeah, take a, mo yeah, a moment yeah. just to talk about the Leatherface character as because, you know, he is he is he is sort of the monster of this movie. But I, you know, he's very big. The guy who they got to play him is substantially larger than everybody else in the cast. And mm -hmm. he's a very impending kind of figure when he comes in. And mm -hmm. I think they you like. It gets used like really well. Like I really like the chase scenes <laughs> at night. Um, I know David pointed out that having a chainsaw is very effective when you're running through branches because you can just <laughs> cut them down. Yeah, you just hack through. Yeah. Them. So I mean, he's not. You know, he 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 knows what he's doing. Virtually practical. Um, but yeah, like like I mean, he's just this big lumbering thing running through, and I I I found like all of like the chase scenes and stuff to be like really effective. Like I really. I, I liked him as as a monster. Like it was. He's he's got the the combination of like clumsiness because uh, he is a big old yeah. lumbering dude. Like he it seems like he only barely has control of the chainsaw in some sense. Which, but once again, he seems to barely have control of himself as yes. well. Yeah. Right. Like yes. it's like it's a great uh, the the chainsaw as a murder weapon is an excellent metaphor Th for the terror. There's that, an excellent that, and, and there's an excellent scene where after you know the first two the first couple you know they both come in. He has to take care of them. He puts the girl up on the meat hook and you know hacks up the other guy. And then when the third person comes in there's this scene where he like he walks in and he sees like a third person for the day in yeah. his fucking house and he's just like with yeah. his hands up like he's just like oh my god i have work to do why do yeah. these people keep coming into my goddamn house and it's you know he doesn't talk because he's probably like virtually retarded and there's mm -hmm. just like this mumbling grunting kind of pig noises but it how does he how does he get this this the third guy is it because he puts the girl up on the meat hook and we never see her again. Well, she puts, no, 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 you, no, you see her in the meat cooler. She's in the cooler, the cooler and when then the she third, startles up. When and the then, third guy comes in, and then he, he finds her in the cooler. Turns around and, and Leatherface is there. Leatherface is like, gets bludgeoned. And then bludgeoning. Okay, and then he bludgeoning. bludgeons him. Yeah, okay, I forgot yeah. about that. You know, and then we learn why, why Leatherface is so kind of getting getting all uptight about all these people coming into the house because we, we soon learned, you know, that there's a family dynamic going on, mm -hmm. and that Leatherface is is he's not he's not the uh, he's not the paterfamilias. Yeah. <laughs> he's just one of the grunts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um. So not that that family hierarchy is all that coherent. Yeah. Okay. So do we want to kind of like because we've got um, so now we've got uh, of our five we've got three that have disappeared in the house. Mm -hmm. We have the 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 girl of the second couple and. I guess her brother, her cousin, brother, yeah. who's the invalid, invalid, they're still back at the van, oh, wondering God. where everyone went, and bickering, and it's getting yeah. to be dark. <laughs> Pointedly useless human beings. Yeah, yeah. So the invalid in this movie is so irritating. not specifically for being an invalid, just 
personality wise, just not real whiny. not a cooperative person. Yes, no, whiny. Like, no. They're perfectly lovely, handicapped human being. This he, guy he, does not. He's yeah. whiny and confrontational. Yeah. Oh, and not attractive qualities in anyone, even if they had the use of le- their legs or not. And and it's apparently genetic. Yes, exactly. Yes, because she shares the same qualities as well. Uh, and if anything, I was disappointed about who survived at the end anyway. But regardless, <laughs> so they go off to try to find them. They have a... They have a, a flashlight, correct? Yeah, yeah and they have a flashlight. Yeah, and she ro- is pushing. She's pushing him in a wheelchair through yeah, like the dark this, of night. In this off, rural area. In this rural, like wooded area. <laughs> After the three arguably capable human beings are already have dead. disappeared. Yes. 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 yes, completely. Well, and I, okay, are we gonna? <laughs> the, the, his murder. Is is incredibly satisfying. It's so satisfying. <laughs> it's so, it's so it's satisfying. Dark. They've got the flashlight. There's like. Did you hear something? Turn around, vroom, right there, and just lays into him in that chainsaw. And it, it is amazingly gratifying because, oh, man. man, that guy was irritating. So to come back to the theme of yes. hoping, hoping for the death of the characters, yes. and like the expectations of this genre, is oh. this is this where this trope started? Was uh, uh, from from what my understanding is, all the tropes started with this one. Okay, yeah. the deserving yeah. victim kind of thing, like these people, because a lot of slasher films, you know, they're they're not like all American kind of. Well, like they roll those stereotypes together, but then there's always, you know, they're always kind of like half assholes to a certain extent. Like yeah. these victims in these slasher movies, like there's always something about them that. Well, it's always like yeah, like theory the needs a- to be punished. Yeah, it's like it's like the asshole kids at camp that used to like pick on everyone else and got laid. Like they're the ones that get taken out because they're the most despicable. Yeah, characters. films are made by nerds during this time period, apparently, and the cool kids and every who, who period fuck a lot. from here on. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> they tend to be the ones that get iced first by the maniac killer. Aside from the uh, the blip of the Stallone revolution. Yeah, really. <laughs> nerds have been in control ever since. <laughs> they wrestled it briefly away from them. Uh, so it's, um, so now, I think, okay, now we're in this kind of second half of the film. There's, an, like you said, there's that extended chase se- yeah, sequence. Yeah, we've got one girl left after the extended chase sequence. And half a movie to go. You and know, still, like, and yeah. still a good, yeah, 36 minutes to go. So what does she do? She runs into the goddamn house like mm-hmm. her three friends before her. <laughs> yeah. But she, uh, she gets a little bit of a more extended view of the house. And mm-hmm. this is really cool because this is where you get into some really cool set decorating. Because, you know, like we were talking about, the violence is effective without being gory. Mm-hmm. This house is effectively creepy and disgusting yep. without having to watch people get killed in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Largely a product of some very practical effects. Yes. Yes. Uh, she does, however, make the key movie mistake. She goes up, she runs away upstairs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's always a bad mistake. Yeah. Uh, well, movie so, crew so listeners. we get upstairs, and this is where we get kind of like that psycho crossover. We go upstairs, and we find the corpse of an old woman, mm-hmm. and we find what we think is the corpse of an old man. Yes. Which we will learn he is he is not quite dead. Yeah, yet. He's, not, he's not quite dead. Yeah. Uh, he he looks he looks pretty. A, he looks rough. Pretty rough. <laughs> rough. Though. Yeah. Um, you know, so also like that psycho Ed Gein thing with mm-hmm. the the mother yeah. corpse. You know, so we get we we get introduced to that. Mm-hmm. She runs downstairs, and we get to see the dining room. Which the dining room is this the dining room and like living areas in this house were revealed are they, they're they're decorated in bones. Mm-hmm. The, the furniture is made out of bones. There's there's like feathers and stuff. Like there is a lot of slaughtering going on in 
this house the, and the use of skin on yeah, on on as for lampshades yeah, like all yeah. the lampshades are made out of skinned faces mm-hmm. um there's some really creepy and nice detail work in the set design on yeah, this absolutely. yeah um, and it's where most of the budget for the movie went. it it had to be because it was a it, artistry with the there macabre, was a lot of yeah, yeah macabre artistry going on there um oh she does this is is this the escape there is cuz i think she she fucking jumps out the top story window. Is yes. that the second? Is that the yeah, first escape? That's the, that's first, the first escape. One. Yeah, no, that was she... that's, that's good yes. stuff, man. It's like she's running, and you're like, you've trapped yourself. There is not a moment of delay in the momentum of her oh, no. escaping through that window. She and runs it was, right yeah, through the it window. Was really good. But right. and this is this also started. But here's the thing, you know, finding help is not always <laughs> that helpful in horror movies. So mm-hmm. after she jumps out of the second window and runs away from this property. She goes to the gas station that didn't have gas. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, as they're focusing on the barbecue at this gas station, you as the viewer start to get an uneasy feeling about where that meat may be coming from. Well, it, but, it, but the thing is, is that throughout the whole chase scene, the chainsaw noise fills the fucking... Yeah. It's, it screams and chainsaws. Mm-hmm. And you get this... It, it, and the... She, it, she, it's it's constant until she gets to the door. Yeah, and then it's fucking done. Why? Like, yeah, there's no more chainsaw, and it is just her panting and and terror mm-hmm. that that is the only noise left over. And it then you know like it settles, and as soon as it settles, it fucking picks up the slow burn literally it, by seeing by her focusing and seeing the the barbecue, the barbecue and the meat sizzling and, and things like that. And then we see the old man, mm-hmm. and we discover that you know he is. He is in on all of this, and that yeah. she is not going to find any help here. Yeah, she's not safe still. She is yeah. not safe. Which which is revealed in a bit, I wouldn't necessarily call it a slow burn, but I, once again, in a confusing fashion, much the same way the violence is introduced, the first sign that this old man is actually up to no good is that of all the things, he he tells her to calm down and just sit by the fire. He's going to go and grab he goes, something. He goes and grabs, and he comes back with a burlap sack. Yes. And what's great is when she starts she when she starts realizing that she might be safe, he beats her with a broom until he can get a gag in her mouth and tie her up. Well, and but also the, <gasps> the, another cool thing about this sequence, and once again, I this is what I was kind of afraid of or expecting is that when she enters the the room of this of this store or whatever the the garage the or whatever, the gas station or whatever. Or, yeah. Like it's a normal doorway, but the door he leaves the door open, and there's just the outside yeah. p- past the door. And, you know, she's sitting there, and you can hear her slowly, her breathing slow slightly. And I'm fucking, I'm like, what is coming back through this door? Mm-hmm. Like, you know yeah. shit's still up. And But leaving the door open and seeing the outside, and you can see, like, the... the, the you the, can see the black sky. Yeah, the gas station, uh, yeah. the, the, the pump station's just out in the distance, you know? like. But it's a fucking very cool thing that you're not... You're not enclosed, you know, like there's not a door protecting you from what's out there. It's still an open door. And I thought, that, once again, the kind of like openings in this film and the use of doors was very, very well done, I felt as well. And that was like, that was all I could focus on in this. I'm like, I'm hearing or breathing, but like waiting for something to fill that empty space. The guy's still out there. Exactly. <laughs> waiting for someone to fill that empty space was what I was like. I like picked up the the emotion for me in that and, scene as well. And again, I, that's why I think him not coming back with a baseball bat or something is much more effective there because mm-hmm. it because the first thing you see when yeah, the first something. thing you register yeah. is that it's like oh it's the old man again. Yes. Yeah. Except that he is now 
in possession of questionable and then yes. it goes mm-hmm. and yeah. And then from there, uh, the movie descends into uh, chaos. Yes, it is yeah. madness. Yeah, 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 just actual madness. I mean, I don't know how much. If you haven't watched this, I don't know how much spoiler we want to give. But there's the family dynamic here is uh, interesting. Well, cackly. Yeah. Do we? I mean, so, I mean, what? I know it's it's hard to want to talk about it because I know that I found that pretty grotesque and shocking. Like well, the I first time I don't think I there's any it. reason to bring up anything that doesn't specific. Well, no, no, no. If we're going to bring up something specific about it, it should be for a purpose. I don't yeah. think play by play makes sense here. Um, in particular, though, regarding the way that this this sort of forfeits reason entirely. Yeah, okay, um, yeah. She's bound, and there's just there's people bickering about. Uh, they they clearly all worked in the slaughterhouse at some point. Whether that is in the past, presumably it is, but um, it seems to have been a generational thing. And they, this family is having the same conversations in some form thematically that they would you would assume they would have been having when they were actually doing this job. It's just that now it's demented. Mm-hmm. It is just because they're not doing it for work. They're doing it because it's just corrupted. That's how they just yeah. operate their lives. And the only difference between the conversation for the most because they're literally they're talking about it's like grandpa. Yeah. You know? Used to, he, he killed them better than all Yes, did 60 of them in five minutes. Yeah. Like, they've got, like, this myth. And the only thing that is interrupting this is the James Franco character. I don't remember the... the he's the hitchhiker. Yeah, the hitchhiker. Um, perfect retrograde casting there. <laughs> retroactive casting. Um, is that occasionally when Sally is just screaming, mm-hmm. is he will cackle at her well okay there's this mm-hmm. hilarious scene too because you know she's sitting at dinner you know at their bone table and we've got leatherface our hitchhiker who's leatherface's brother we got grandpa the corpse from upstairs the living corpse yeah. who's not actually <laughs> dead and then we got the old man who's dad and he's he it's funny because he says he doesn't like the killing but he's the most violent of the characters in that he spends a lot of his screen time just beating his two sons, which mm-hmm. is Leatherface and the Hitchhiker. Like, he's he's constantly beating them with things. Yeah, admonishing them somehow. Yeah, and yelling at them and telling them they're doing a shitty job. He, when he gets home, he yells at Leatherface. He's like, did you clean all those kids up? And he's yeah. beating them but, with, like, a broom handle. But that's the thing. That's all That's all <laughs> such mundane conversation. Like, it's just, like, there's no, nothing. No, but that's how these people conduct their lives, Yeah. Well, and, but it's just, this is just that taken to a macabre extreme. <laughs> like, it doesn't, there, there's nothing, like, profound about, it's yeah. not like, oh, this is how they ended up this way. Right. <laughs> they had these conversations and it led them down this path. Like, that's clearly not what happened here. They just, there was this superficial layer of conversation and then just the bottom fell yeah. out of it and it was just death and destruction underneath. Yeah, and the the weird thing is, is that you get this, because the, 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 the dinner scene, right, mm-hmm. is this... They set the table, you know, and then they set her a place and give her food as well. Even you, though she's tied she's, to yeah, a chair. Yeah, she's bound into this thing. And, I mean, there's nothing... I mean, one of the things is that it's, like, it's so so strange because there's, like... the. I mean, if, if we talk about pretension, right? The pretense <laughs> of setting a formal place yeah. at this table for this person is somehow even more perverse because of the fact that they have these fucking really, really outlandish bizarre macabre fucking values of like you know the use of dead bodies and and decoration and art form and the dehumanized approach they take to other people and mm-hmm. the viciousness and of their of their value system i mean that's what's is so strange to it is that there's like 
some aspect of genteelness to it as well. Because we got to say that also, like for Leatherface and Grandpa, like there's been a, a, a costume change, if you will. Like Leatherface yes. is like like full formal, but then apparently has a a a new mask on that is makeup that has makeup because yeah. there's like yeah so we have some weird old uh you know transgender issues that he, fu- that he fills the yeah, role of some he of a mother basically or fills the mother figure. role in this family dynamic and like that I mean once again like you don't nothing's explained he's the but it's just w- yeah. fucking creepy yeah because like, you know you you kind of get the feeling yeah like he's the one responsible for all the cooking and the keeping the house clean and such. Mm-hmm. The domestic in, that he in, runs this yeah, kind of he's domestic, like the domestic a- environment. Yeah. yeah, he's like the the and domestic caregiver and wears giver. makeup and dresses. You know, mom. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all it takes. Yep. And so you, but this once again, this dynamic is never like is like fleshed out in any sort of rational no. discussion. Aggressively it is, unexplained. And no. if anything, the kind of like large the loudness of the chainsaw is replaced by the constant fucking bickering of the characters that just. Fills it. I mean, if if it's chainsaws and screaming through the chase scene, it's just bickering and screaming through the and fucking sequence. There's there's here. a great there's a great point at the dinner where you know Sally is screaming and uh, the hitchhiker and Leatherface start howling like dogs would mm-hmm. from harmonica noises that are too loud. Yeah, like almost like just a compulsiveness, and they're mm-hmm. just they're just howling like on top of the screaming, and then the dad's like telling them to shut up and. Yeah, like they're breaking decor or yeah, something by yeah, doing this. Yeah, like, it's like just... don't don't act like a dog at the table, uh, you know? <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Yeah. And that goes on for a while. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it is unsettling to, like, because you, because in a weird way, you, you're living with them now. Yeah. Like, you're, like you're, you're an invited now, guest. Well, that's yes, now you sa- get to see the, Sally, the day-to-day, yeah. the day-to-day, you know, functionings of this un- dysfunctional family. And um, we're heading down to the downhill. She get, she breaks out again, I yeah, guess, right? Yeah, she does. She does get, this time she only. I'm not even only, sure how she does that. Well, they untie her and Grandpa's supposed to try and hit her and it doesn't go well. And, and she jumps out knees, the first floor window yeah. the second time. Nice. Yeah. Um, you know, and then there's she's learning. There's an extended chase scene that's very famous at the end, mm-hmm. where Leatherface is kind of chasing her into the dusk, and she finds somebody driving by, and you know she jumps in the back of the truck, and Leatherface is kind of dancing and screaming mm-hmm. and waving this chainsaw, chainsaw around, around yeah. which you know became kind of like very infamous. Yeah. Um, his little dance at I the guess, end. Well, yeah. and I guess, I guess uh, chainsaw use was not prevalent in horror films until this movie, and it became just like a staple that you had to have afterwards. This is a particular... Uh, so, of all the ways to get murdered, <laughs> the chainsaw would have to be one of the top... It's like, not most, subtle. Yeah, no. And it's got like that, like... It you know the the ripping tearing quickly mm-hmm. but like not quick enough and like yeah, yeah that's just that would be but painful. like I said but it does like David had pointed out it does make the most sense if you're going to be running through a wooded area mm-hmm. it is probably the best tool to have on hand because you can cut through branches and through people I don't yes. I don't know how much Leatherface was thinking of that in advance yeah but, um, a little bit more but, but someone who does this a lot would obviously you know like <laughs> oh yeah hone your like craft. realize oh. that that like you know this is the you know because he he had a lot of tools at his disposal he could have run after her with with the sledgehammer with the sledgehammer yeah, yeah. he could have run after her with a fucking meat hook but he didn't he ran after her with the chainsaw yes <laughs> so um i mean we're we're would there be 
Does any off the top of your head, any tools seem like they would have been more gruesome than a chainsaw? Uh, I've been because everything else is just a variation of like a blade with a with the fucking handle extension. Like mm-hmm. I really don't know of any. I mean, I'm thinking, you either extend I'm handle or you extend blade. Yeah, drill. Oh, would drill. Be gross. Yeah, that'd be tough. But the thing is that the drill, like, that's being... more pinpointed, and you'd have to really hack them. Yeah, up, but... depending on your. Yeah, but that's that's, that's got, gross. That's like power but needle. But that's gross. Yeah, power yeah. needle. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> so there's a great. Yeah, you movie can get co- some good attachments for that thing. And oh there, yeah, and there is a great. Uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm like freaked yeah, out no, just no. thinking about drill scenes. So there is a movie called The Marathon Man with Dustin ah! Hoffman and Lawrence Olivier, <laughs> where the main implement seventies also yeah, when no, um, when film was good and gruesome. Yeah, where the where the main interrogation method is is dentistry. Yeah. Let's just leave it at yeah. that. Okay. There yeah, is a horror movie with uh, Corbin Bernstein later in the two thousands <laughs> called The Dentist, where they employ some of those similar oh, torture techniques. Hell, solid. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't come up with drill on my own. It's actually it features in a uh, it features in a scene in was the name Heavy Rain, the video game. Oh, there's right. A, yeah. There's yes. a scene where someone gets impaled with one, and it just that stuck out pretty hard. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be blowtorched either. That would be pretty no. bad. <laughs> no, like, that would be rough. Because the burning that would no, nah, that would really suck. Oh yeah, they did that in Hostel. Yeah, the blowtorch. The blowtorch would be bad. I mean, I'm sure every I'm sure every hardware store yeah. has been pillaged for this purpose by now. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about like a 9.7 or 9.2. I mean, we're really, you know, like, <laughs> like varying degrees of horrificness there. Oh, and yeah. actually, and and I wanted to bring up, um, you know, I don't know, unless we're done coming up with torture things. I did want, I did want to always come back. No, yeah. I know. Well, I actually did want to make a quick note because we're always trying to figure out why people like watching horror movies. Yeah, okay, lay it on this. Yeah. And uh, so I read a little article. Sociology. I did, yeah, a little sociology thing. I read a little article and um, there are certain people who have anxiety that enjoy watching, tor- like watching horror movies because the like contained and safe environment in which they can experience the anxiety by way of watching a horror movie is Mm -hmm. actually like a reprieve from the normal day-to-day things that they are anxious about so it's almost like it's almost like you know like surrogate anxiety that they can like alleviate their own anxiety while watching you know someone else go through a rough situation in a contained you know safe movie environment like externally imposed as opposed to yeah. like your internal yes. like internal yes. imposition. Yes, so it's it's a way to actually kind of detach. And I guess there are there you know they they did a couple studies, but there's about like you know like some very small like five to ten percent of people that suffer from like severe anxiety disorders that seem to find a lot of reprieve in watching horror movies. Mm-hmm. I am not one of them. Um, but I did find that to be kind of like an interesting little sociological reason why some people enjoy watching stuff like this. And thankfully for people like Toby Hooper, it does not appear to be therapeutic. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I mean, we talked, you know, I talked previously about like my, my enjoyment of like feeling terror yeah. as opposed to like being afraid or, or startled yeah. more than like a lot of films as well. And so I kind of, you know, I like the kind of the world building. I like the effective use and I, you know, I like the macabre as a, as a, like an artistic kind yeah. of conceit as well. Yeah. Like I like, I like the idea of, of macabre as well. And so it all kind of like ties into a lot of, a lot of, of the basic dynamic that we kind of get in this film, which does have through the use of like, you know, the grotesque way in which the, the characters, you know, Leatherface and his family use dead bodies. Um, you know, the, the opening sequence, which we won't give away is, has another good ex, um, you know, product is a product of that as well. 
And I mean, the problem is, is that it's it's good because like I can kind of hang back at the margins, mm -hmm. and when I hear of a good horror film, like I usually can like go check it out. Yeah. Because there's a lot of dreg that gets released in oh, horror yeah. film, but like keeping back on the reviews and like you know only seeing like maybe the two best horror films a year, like that is like primo watching right now. Like you know I've talked I've, I've sung the praises of It Follows now a bunch of mm -hmm. times in these podcasts, and that was one of the better horror films I've seen, and it contains. You know, none of the kind of like cheap thrill, cheap scares, or you know, um, or the kind of like overuse of gore to uh, you know make up for bad filmmaking. You know, it's a, yeah, it is a well crafted film, and it's and it's terror that it cultivates is very well done. Also, and once again, like it's just a good way if you if you're wanting to dive in every once in a while, like just check the reviews, and it's not hard to find that there's maybe you know maybe just one or two good horror films released a year, and. You know, I tend to be a sucker for a good one. You know, like it's just something that always bears out, but it's not something I've I been, go like I and said, cultivate re regularly. For Halloween, I pull out the horror movies. I've watched actually. I've clocked quite a few horror movies this Halloween season. Excellent, excellent. Um, and I guess we still have a few, another week left, so I'll probably clock oh, in a yeah. few more. So we've got uh, we've got to wrap up our trilogy here, don't we, David? We do. <laughs> I was right. I was gonna make a comment that um. It seems like a really common trope that uh, people who like horror movies call themselves suckers. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Like that's that that word shows up a lot. Yes. In this description. No, I because you want you know you want to be pulled in, you want to be sucked into it. I mean, it, I was thinking more guilty pleasure. Oh, absolutely. Yes, <laughs> and that's what it is too. Where you you know you recognize that it's false and that it doesn't make any sense and that in all rationality and that it might you never, be retarded. Yeah. You, like I mean, it's one thing to like love to fall in love with like romantic comedies or chick flicks or something like that because who doesn't actually want to fall in love and like you know really enjoy that at some point Everyone in their lives wants romance yeah exactly lives. like that's a reasonable yeah, thing to desire and want you know like you wouldn't mind that manifested in your reality yeah. to like, to, you know to be sleepless in seattle or something but like to like i would prefer like texas chainsaw Na massacre to not yeah, to, be to manifested to someone else absolutely yes yeah. exactly so in that sense too you know like it has that kind of guilty unrealistic pleasure that you don't want it you know you don't actually want to connect with it in a kind of meaningful emotional way you know you only want to experience or be a tourist through film like a war film you know like nobody wants to fucking go and do that like but you except jocko yeah exactly yeah <laughs> it's, it's limited and ironically it's limited to people that do it yeah but um <laughs> it's not a, it's not a terrible policy uh, yeah. but the um the other the only other rhetorical thing i wanted to hit on before uh before we add our closing thoughts on this, is Texas Chainsaw Massacre as a name for this movie is not actually all that descriptive. Because <laughs> um, it's not really like a mat. It's just like a house. Yeah. And this stuff appears no, to I just mean, this happen really, regularly. This is really a movie about people with strange family dynamics. Yeah. And you could be anywhere. Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, Ed Gein was out of Wisconsin in real oh, life. Oh, damn. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Wisconsin checks on Massacre. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. Ed Gein is supposed to be the the inspiration for this. Yeah, like it's inspiration. It's incredibly wise. loose. And the, the part that is most, the two parts of the movie that are most directly attributable to this based on a true story component are the grave robbing at the very beginning of the movie that essentially never comes back into play. I mean, they don't even necessarily reveal that... The family is responsible for the no, grave robbing. No, no, they robbing. do. There, there is a scene when um, the when, hitchhiker's when being the old, admonished. Yeah, when yeah. the old de when the old man has the girl in the back of the truck and she sees the hitchhiker, you know, his son walking back to the house. 
he gets his broomstick out and starts hitting him in the head and goes, I told you not to grab oh. any more of them damn graves. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Well, that doesn't yeah. s- that doesn't torpedo my whole cause here, I suppose. Yeah. The, um, the reason why um, <laughs> it, it being called Texas Chainsaw Massacre when so many other names potentially would have been more fitting given that not even all of the deaths occurred with a chainsaw. Um, it's just a lyrical name. Yeah, like, well, it, it's because like it's it's kind of coming out of that exploitation era where the where the title of the movie didn't have to have anything to do with the actual movie. It just like it just sounds good to say yeah, exactly. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It sounds like ooh exploitation, oh yeah. you know, well, scary. Rural hey. family murders doesn't yeah. sound as sexy. You know, <laughs> like I can't exactly. <laughs> that sounds like a series. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's more of an extended. <laughs> Yeah. No, it, it's the name. The name is evocative, but it's not evocative of the movie. Right. Absolutely. Which is an interesting choice. Um, I mean, I have to rate the movie zero out of one stars just because I would never watch it again. I'll, I'll check it out in another 10 years. I will too. Yeah, all right. But it, Most uh, <laughs> no, uh, I've seen enough of that. Okay, good. Okay, That's good. fine. Well. That yeah. was a good pick. I mean, like I said, oh, I think no, no, it, it, no, no. Covered, it covered everything you need. It needed to cover for a horror film. Well, Very and, good movie. And for someone like David, you know, you don't you you don't have to watch another slasher movie for no, like, I mean, every, no, yeah, that's yeah, what you, I mean. You like, have that, checked this box. Like sir. everything else is just an iteration on yes. this. I'm officially educated on this genre. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> no, that, and that's fine. I can absolutely respect what is well made okay. about well, so, that movie. So next year for so next year for Halloween, I'll I'll pick my other favorite horror movie, which is a total one eighty from this. Excellent. Solid. All right. And I'll actually pick a horror movie next week. Yeah, next week. <laughs> you can pick it follows. Yeah. I will admit though my Ooh. other favorite horror movie is it's a little dated, but I'm still a big fan. Excellent. Uh, it's not Trip to the Moon, is it? No, no, no. But it is space related. Excellent. Oh, very good. Very Uh-oh. good. So, um, are we setting this bad boy up here? Are we going to final thoughts and then go to David's pick, or David's pick and final thoughts? Or uh, I mean, I've said all I need to say about. This I mean, movie yeah, I don't really, point. I, I don't, I don't necessarily have any, any, any final thoughts. But you know, I, I think I've pretty much said everything I need to say. Like this was was a, it was a good time for a horror movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, you know, if if you're going to watch a horror movie, this is as you could do worse. Yeah, you, you could, could definitely, definitely do worse. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. And with that, uh, I get to pick my horror movie. And given that, um, given that we've already established a precedent for not necessarily uh, being on topic with this, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick a movie that demonstrates a point that showed up the first time we started talking about horror, which is that horror doesn't really seem to be a genre so much as a template, mm. that it's just things that you take, and that a lot of movies can contain elements of horror and they're just not horror films because they're not that the whole time. So the movie I'm going to pick, which is a little self-indulgent because in the same way that Network is like one of my favorite movies ever. Well, it is one of the best written films of all, all time, time. Yeah. to be fair. Uh, the, this next one fits into a similar mold, at least for me. Um, I'm going to pick the Coen Brothers critical darling, No Country for Old Men. Right on. That gives me chills. Yeah. This mo- That movie has... Plenty of horrific stuff in it. Yes. And the thing that I want to explore about that, aside from Actually just... Actually wanting to watch that again. Yeah, that's a good pick. That's a good fucking movie. The, um, is, is that it, it does fully transcend just being a horror movie or a thriller movie or any of those As things. As takes place in Texas. And yes, it does. Look, there are plenty of <laughs> the through lines from this movie and the pre... And 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This, they're connected. <laughs> All right, great. I'm sold. I'm sold. Right. I'm sold. All right, this will be good Halloween. It. Yeah, I'll. I'll, I'll do that. All right. All right, well, and with that, yeah, that's a great pick. Let's let's wrap let's wrap. Let's oh, wrap we kept we, we kept this one nice and short, just like oh, yeah. horror movies should be. You All right, nothing over ninety minutes. Oh yeah, no, it. no, we we adhere to the length of the movie. Yeah, for, good. for these, we yeah. we keep that in uh, we keep that in check. Nicole, thank you. Ryan, it's always a pleasure. Good morning, everyone. <laughs>